Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Rankable Live. My name is Garrett Sussman. I'm the Demand Generation Manager at iPoll Rank, and really excited. We're talking about probably one of the, the toughest issues that I guess people are trying to figure out. It's, it's hiring. Hiring is really, really hard these days. It really screws you over if you get it wrong. It's really hard to get it right. But Talking to the guy, both both in-house and for an agency, I'm talking to a man who's talked to so many different business owners about this process, and he has a process himself. Joined today by John Doherty. John is the founder and CEO of Credo, which can be found at getcredo.com. It is this awesome kind of kind of marketplace platform, but basically what he does is he connects businesses with agencies for a range of different marketing services, whether it's like SEO, PPC, digital marketing, social. Thank you so much for joining me today, John. Garrett, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate you having me on. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. It's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And it's really become like what I think about and what I'm, what I'm uh, honestly good at over the last number of years. I'm no longer an SEO. I'm very much a, like a growth and, and hiring guy. So I'm super, super stoked to talk about hiring in the context of marketing and, and hiring for marketing, especially in the weird time that we're in right now with the great resignation and and all that stuff. There's just so much, uh, so much I've seen the thousands of companies that we've, you know, that I've spoken with do wrong and, and agencies as well with getting hired and hiring people and all that. There's just so much in it that I'm I'm really excited to talk about today. So thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. It, to your point, I mean, it's, it's such a weird, interesting time, um, just in the sense of like, there are so many people who have left jobs who are looking for new jobs. There's so many like businesses that are doing well, that are hiring, that actually need the help and every, it's like there, there ships in the night situations going on. But before we even dive in, just a little fun. One thing that you shared with me, uh, you know, ahead of this is so so three things that that I learned about John. One is right off the bat, you lived in a in a hippie commune in, in Switzerland for two years. What was that about? I did, I did. Yeah, I went there in college. I dropped out of college for a semester. Um, I went to James Madison, in Virginia. Dropped out of college for a semester. So my dad had actually been there. Spent a summer there in the seventies. Basically, it was just a place to take time and space to think through. Um, it's it's a faith based uh, community, so to think through kind of what you believe, but then just like living in community with people. Um, so I ended up spending two years there. I actually, had coffee and breakfast this morning with a woman that I lived with there 13 years ago. We lived in the same house for about a year, um, and she lives here in Denver now. Um, so I had coffee with her, and you know, just awesome to kind of catch up with old friends. But yeah, it was a phenomenal time in my life. Very much, uh, you know, mid twenties kind of set me on the path to where I am now, and. I actually have the uh, the mountains I lived in tattooed on my arm, um, so I've got New York City up top, and I've got the mountains I lived in over here on my on my arm. So lived just southeast of uh, of Lake Geneva for uh, a couple of years. It was it was awesome, man. That's that's badass, and and it's interesting how those early experiences in in adulthood just kind of like they really do, you know, kind of forge our path and influence where mm -hmm. we're going to end up, like long term, like something that you experience is like that shapes you. One other thing, so you're obviously a traveler. You've been around. Yep. Uh, you've been all around 27 countries, 47 states, but but apparently there are three states that you have a problem with. No, that, that you haven't visited. <laughs> three states that I have not had the opportunity to visit yet. Uh, they are, yeah, I, I actually knocked off number 46, uh, or sorry, number 47 back in uh, August, went to Hawaii for the first time. I grew up on the East Coast, and Hawaii is a long ways from the East Coast, so I'd never oh, had nice. the chance to go, so we finally went back in August, um, but I've never been to Arizona. I've not even been through, like, the Phoenix airport, 
um, which like I've been through most airports in the country. I've not even been through, through Phoenix. I've not been to Rhode Island. Um, and I've not been, which is weird because I lived in the Northeast for a while and I've not been to Iowa. So those are the three. So, so they're very disparate, right? Which is going to make it hard to knock them off. I feel like I'm going to have to go like visit a friend or I guess go like Grand Canyon, right? That's in Arizona. So I guess like I can knock that off, but like, yeah, those are the three that I've just not, not had a chance to make it to, but the Iowa is going to have to be either you go to Iowa or you do like that cross country road trip. Like that was my Iowa experience in terms of, yeah. and it wasn't, I feel bad for Iowa. I'm sure it's a beautiful state, but it was, it was snowy and there was like a, almost a car graveyard on the highway. I remember driving <laughs> and it was just like empty truck after empty yep. truck. So. Yep. Yep. That's how I hit Idaho, like Idaho last year. You know, we stayed in Boise for a, like for a night we were road tripping to Oregon to nice. go hang out with some friends for a week, right? Trying to do as safe as possible during the pandemic. And um, that's how I knocked off Idaho. Um, but yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. That's just, I'm just going to have to find some excuses to go or like, I don't know when, when, you know, I feel a bit more comfortable just like traveling willy nilly. Like, I mean, I'll just do a weekend to Rhode Island. Who knows? Take my wife and leave the kid with the grandparents or something. But yeah, man, I've got I've got three states and three continents left to go to, so we'll uh, we'll work it out. I got okay, hit Africa, South those. America, and Antarctica. I got nothing against south of the equator. I just haven't had a chance to go yet. So you say, okay, okay, whatever you say, man. Maybe there's like something subconscious, but no, you should you should make it happen. No, I I I, I tragically haven't been very international. It's like that that's one. And the thing is, when we were just talking about this before, is the pandemic made all of this very hard, which is my segue right into. The pandemic, the great resignation, people are changing their jobs. Um, some companies have actually grown significantly, like e-commerce is like hiring like crazy. Yeah. And finding marketers to build out these companies seems to be this major, major challenge. Why, John, why do you think it's so hard to hire marketers? So I think it's hard to hire marketers just across the board simply because uh, most company marketing is, is one of these things that I, I feel like a lot of companies just really don't understand. They don't understand like the, ch the, the various channels. They don't understand the skill set that it takes to, to do that. There's not like digital marketing still is not taught within, um, uh, you know, in, in like universities and such. Um, so it's a lot of like kind of self-taught people. Um, and, uh, like this is actually why I love like what Tom Crystal is doing with the SEO MBA. Because like he's talking about like, hey, here's how you actually get buy-in, right? In like bigger companies, here's how you get the budget. Because like, I, I mean, SEO specifically still doesn't get the budget that it needs, right? Like it drives 50, 60% of a lot of business revenue, but like it gets 5% of the overall marketing budget because so much is going into, into ads, which drive 20% of the business, right? Like that kind of thing. Um, and we just haven't done a good job about talking about that. Um, and also just a lot of marketers, especially a lot of digital marketers have not done a good job of getting to that director, senior director, VP, et cetera level. Um, because we all kind of like teach ourselves, right? Um, like I, I'm pretty much self-taught SEO and marketer. Um, I had the good fortune to work internally and work with some very good, very senior people. So I learned how to kind of talk at that level. Um, and Tom was my boss and mentor <laughs> in New York. So like, you know, he's been talking about that stuff for a decade plus now. But um, I think it's just really hard to hire marketers because a lot of companies just don't understand like, what does a marketer do? What budget do they need? How do we measure it? How long does it take to get results? Like all that sort of thing. There's not a good framework for, for actually measuring marketing. And so therefore 
you know, they, people are just like, oh yeah, I'm going to hire this like SEO person when what they need is that like, but they don't actually understand what goes into SEO. And that person might be very good at doing SEO for like one or two websites. But when you're talking about like, I mean, Zillow has nine figures, like literally over hundred million pages in Google's index. Cause they have a page for every single address, uh, you know, on the internet. I worked for Zillow for two years, not on Zillow.com, but other brands, Trulia, Trulia.com, which I worked on nine figures of URLs. Like you can't be a tactician SEO and like do it and, and, you know, succeed with SEO at that scale. So, you know, I think it actually starts from, uh, the people that are hiring don't actually know what to look for, um, because they don't actually know what their strategy is and they don't know where they're going and they don't know what's required for it, and therefore the budget to put towards it. And then marketers don't do a good job of helping them, you know, kind of learn that as well. Yeah. That's, that, I think that's a really good point. And you almost sparked in my brain, the thought of like, it's almost like there's a perception out there still like of the Mad Men days where marketing is just advertising and yep, marketing yep. has so many more channels these days. And to your point about Tom Critchlow's yep. article or his, his course about, you know, the SEO MBA, he was just writing recently about, you know, you, you don't move into these executive positions in marketing because SEO content, you know, even social, they don't, they don't have this sort of representation. It's all advertising at right. the executive level. And right. so that, that's a game changer too, but people are actually considering SEO right. marketing hires. Well, and that is measurable, right? Pa uh, Pay-per-click right. is much more measurable right. than something like SEO. And especially because SEO has so many different inputs, right? Or I call them out. You, you got to measure your outputs to get to outcomes. Um, yeah, everyone has outcome goals. No one has output goals. Um, you know, the things that you're doing over time. Um, but also because, you know, people have said in the past, like advertising is measurable versus like SEO, whatever is not completely not true, but people think that. And so they're like, yeah, we're just going to do SEO. And then like, we don't know what we're getting because like, they haven't tried to measure it and you can measure it. Maybe not quite as well as advertising, though. I actually don't think that's true anymore. Um, but um, yeah, th there's, there's just this like, you know, feeling of like, um, you know, oh, we can't measure it. So we're just going to do things that we're told to do. Right. Like the number of startups that have come to us trying to hire an organic social, like agency, I'm like, you should not be investing in organic social at all right now. Cause you have no idea how you're going to like, you know, how you're going to measure success with it. Right. Let's talk about paid advertising. Let's talk about, you know, a, let's just square away your Google analytics. So you actually know how many people are coming to your site, right? Like let's do that first before you invest any money into hiring anyone, whether it's a consultant or an agency or someone like in-house, because otherwise like you're just going to fire them in three to four months. You're going to spend three to four months hiring them. You're going to work them for three to four months and you're going to fire them. And then you're either going to say marketing doesn't work, or you're going to repeat those same mistakes and hire, hire the same type of thing again and repeat the cycle. And that's what kills businesses not being able to get that traction because they don't know how to hire well and they don't know how to measure it and they don't know how to set reasonable goals. It's, Sorry, uh, I just, so, I just, it's I just ran it right there, but like that, that's my true take on it. That like, if we get this wrong, if we get hiring wrong, if we get measuring wrong, all of that, and it all goes in together. If we get that wrong, our businesses are not going to grow. Scale is not about scaling revenue or scaling like code or something like that. Scale is about hiring the right people to be able to do all of those things. If you can't hire the right people, your business isn't going to scale. It's it's and to your point, it's like you even bring up the the part of like yes, this this the theme of this interview is around hiring marketers, but before you even hire a marketer, like how do you know who or what or when to hire? Like how like so what do you need in place? before you're, you're deciding agency versus in-house. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, th there's a couple of things, um, and I'm, I'm definitely not going to be able to give like the full, you know, thesis on it, but, <laughs> um, the, the things that a lot of people kind of get wrong here is number one, 
um, they don't have, they don't actually have any sort of metrics to know what's reasonable to expect. Like I talk to companies, I talk to three companies. I do these like paid consultations, like marketing strategy consultations um, through Credo, uh, get credo.com slash offers slash Porter. It's called our Porter service. Um, That's awesome. And um, I talked to four companies last week um, and one of the, and only one of them actually had their Google analytics set up and knew how many people they had coming to their site. Right. So I asked them about like, okay, what are your goals? Um, you know, for your company. And they're like, well, we've grown a hundred percent. One of them was like, we've grown a hundred percent over the last year. Next year we want to go 300%. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, you know, what, what does that mean for traffic? What does it mean for leads? Like that sort of stuff. Like show me your metrics, right? Like, let's talk about if that's reasonable or not, and what you're going to have to spend. Cause they wanted me to tell them about like marketing budget that they should put towards an agency. They, and they were like, let me share my screen and pull up my analytics. And you tell me what we have. Okay. Okay. This is a million plus, you know, dollar a year SaaS company funded. Wow. And, wow. and they didn't know that. Right. And so I'm like, okay, like we got to start here at the basics that like, you have to understand how much traffic you're getting, how many leads you, are you getting? How many of those are closing? How much are they worth on average? So then you can reverse engineer that to get to how much you should spend and to learn your, just, just to learn your acquisition cost. So that then, you know, how much you have to spend in order to actually reach those goals. Right. You can't just say like, you know, finger in the air, grow hundred percent, want to grow 300% next year, but, and, and want to do digital marketing and have to put budget towards it but have no idea what that even means. Right. So like we have to start there and so many companies haven't done that, especially early stage, later right. stage have done it. Um, but they, but they, but they still actually need that process um, and understand what their CAC is and that sort of thing. Take into a, you know, cost acquisition costs, right. Whether we're talking SAS lead, you know, B2B legion or, uh, or e-com CAC matters, right. How much, how much are you, you know, and then what, what goes into CAC, right. It's your ad spend. It's your, how much the people cost. It's how much your tools cost. It's all that stuff. And people are just like, Oh no. So we spent $5,000 and we made 50,000. So our CAC, you know, our CAC is whatever, um, or sorry, we, we spent $5,000 required hundred customers. So therefore our CAC is $500 a customer. No, <laughs> that's not, that's not it. Right. So, um, it really starts with like setting that base and understanding kind of what channels are profitable and not, and having a cadence for starting new channels, testing new channels, measuring new channels, determining whether to put more into it or not. Um, you know, I've got all that built out, uh, you know, at my own company and so many companies just do not have that. They're like, well, we get this many organic visitors. We had more organic visitors than last month. So therefore it's good. Not necessarily like, did your leads go up? What do you mean? Do you have goals set up in analytics? What do you mean? Mm, okay. We need to start there. Right. And my point is Garrett, like it's early companies and it's later stage companies that just don't have this in place. Um, like they have ways to measure de developer velocity. They have like, they have P and L's to measure revenue. Like they have all that stuff. Right. But when it actually comes to marketing, so many digital marketers have not like, have no, I have not done, have not done that work. Right. Let me put it that it's, way. it's, it's hard. And that's the hard thing too. Cause it's like, when you're starting a business, a lot of people who start businesses are not always business people. Right. right. They don't necessarily understand like what is required from the economics, but also the actual, like just breaking down the numbers of how mm -hmm. to grow their business and then how to invest in their business. And so yep. if they haven't yep. done that, that first step is either you find someone to do that with the business acumen, or mm -hmm. maybe that's something you have your agency or you have your first marketer set right. up. And so that, so, but let's assume that they have that figured out. Yeah. Let's yeah. assume that you are one of those businesses that, that does have some sense sure. of your analytics and you're ready to, to start hiring yeah. a marketer. What's the process that you've kind of formalized and, and figured out that, that leads to that successful hire? Yeah. Yeah. So number one is actually codifying what, what you need that role to do. 
right? Mm. Um, whether it's an agency or someone in house, um, you know, I get people reaching out to me. They're like, I'm hiring an SEO PM. Uh, do you know anyone? I'm like, do you have a job rack? And they're like, no, I don't know who to refer. Right. Is this like a, you know, junior SEO PM based off of the salary? Is it a senior? Like, do you need them to manage a team? Like, do you need them to hire a team? You know, like what skills are actually required? So you need to start there. Um, and actually like, like codifying what it is that you're going to need them to do. Right. So like if you have an in-house like marketing director, for example, that has an SEO background, so like you've got the strategy set now, you know, now like, okay, you can, you know, either you hire a bunch of people internally to do it, or you hire an agency to get these things done, to create content, to do that sort of stuff, to do your keyword research and all those things. Right. Um, so really, so, so part of it is just like initially codifying it based off of, uh, whether you know that channel is performing yet or not. Right. So if you're getting started, you need to, you have a different type of hire than a channel that's already working that you need to scale up the team in order to execute upon. Right. Talk, going back to talking about scale. Um, so that's first kind of codify, you know, what it is. Um, and then, I mean, we talk about funnels and marketing hiring is a funnel as well. Right. So like you've, you've so then you got to get the job rec in front of, you know, enough people, the right people. Right. So if you're hiring an agency, you got to reach out to a bunch. We introduce everyone that comes through creative to starting off with three and we can introduce them more if they need it. Um, but like you start, so basically our goal is to like start them kind of here because they're getting to the right people. They don't have to, you know, kiss a bunch of frogs. Right. Like you right. have to talk to 20 to get down to three. Like let's just get you with three. Um, but like if you're doing it on your own, uh, you know, you start 20, you, you know, you probably hear back from 15, you have initial calls with seven, you go to second calls with three, you get proposals from two to three, and then you hire one, right? It's literally a funnel there. Um, but getting it in front of, uh, you know, people is kind of where it starts there and then, and then taking it on down the line. Um, and the way that I tr train people to hire marketers as well as train agencies to, to, uh, to sell to clients is, you know, have that initial conversation. Don't send them a big email asking them for all these questions, right? Ask them all right. these questions before you even hop on the call with them. Hop on a 15-minute call with them and just make sure that they have what you need. If they don't, you can refer them elsewhere. Just say like, hey, we're not a good fit. Then you go to a longer call. Don't spend 60 minutes with them up front, right? Like they, you do need to kind of qualify out the wrong ones before you actually invest any time, right? You don't have to spend an hour and a half with every single lead, nor should you. Um but, but, but that's, that's kind of where it starts. Um, and I think we, we need to go back to thinking about hiring, like actually as a funnel, get enough people in the top or enough agencies in the top to know what's out there, to know what, you know, it's going to cost, et cetera, to know who's a good culture fit. And then we kind of take them on down, on down the funnel from there. I, I love that. And, and the thing that's resonating with me, especially with the codifying your, you know, what you need is for those of you who don't know what you need and that's okay there are consulting services, like whether you do find an independent consultant or you use Credo, you know, like that you guys offer it to help people figure out what they actually need. That yeah. part of the process makes a lot of sense. Like it's okay to ask for help if you don't know yourself. Right. If you're, if you're a developer founder, right, you're a technical founder and you have no idea about marketing, don't go get it wrong, you know, for a year's time. <laughs> When there are people like myself that have been doing it for a long time, that in an hour I can get you. I mean, this is this is not a pitch for like working with me, but like uh, you know, there are people like myself that like can spend an hour with you, you can pay for an hour of their time to help you get that signal, right? Yeah. Like there's no reason to kind of flounder um, you know, around if it's something that is, you know, necessary uh, for you moving forward, which I believe that marketing is. Yeah. Um, so you know, I usually tell people like start off working, you know, you you get the channel started. Um, and, and this even applies to like a director of marketing or like your director of marketing, you've got like a few channels working, right. You've got say SEO and content working. Um, you kind of got that inbound thing going, but then you, like you're trying to get your referral channel going, right? Like don't go hire a referral, uh, you know, a referral marketer into full time to come in house to run your referral program. They don't even have, 
get that started yourself. Maybe work with a freelancer, work with a consultant that can help you get it going. And then once it's actually doing some things, then buy back your time by hiring that person. You know, like people get those wrong. Don't hire an agency to start new channels for you. Start that channel yourself and get it started working. Then hiring an hire an agency to get back your time to take it to the next level, so you can go and do the next channel, and they can operate that one, and you just oversee it. I love that. I mean, it really is just that process of like test, and if it works, you double down, and if not, you abandon it. And everything is always changing. What what genre are some can, of like? Can I tips? can yeah. I quickly tell you my cadence for new yeah. marketing for the, for the new marketing channels? So. When I think about marketing for my own company, because obviously yeah. we do marketing, we're a team of six now, right? We're growing, like I'm still heading up marketing, but the way that I look at it is basically every quarter I'm starting or, or trying one new channel or going back and trying a channel again that like we didn't get working in the past. So like one new channel, so say like, like this quarter Bing ads, for example, we hadn't run Bing ads, Google ads work well for us, so we started doing Bing ads. Um, so that is, we started it this quarter. We're putting enough budget towards it every single month to be able to get results fairly quickly. We're letting it run for two quarters. And then we make a decision about, okay, do we scale this up? And along the way we're adjusting, right? So like we're optimizing and such. And then after a couple of quarters, then we say, okay, is this working well? Is this working well enough that we should keep this investment level going, right? It's, it's basically the like, uh, cut it back, maintain it, grow it is kind of the way that I think about it, right? So every quarter I'm starting a new channel that we let run for two months or for two quarters. Um, and that's our cadence. And after two quarters, we're deciding whether to cut it out or not. Um, but I'm also giving it enough time, six-ish months, to know, to give us enough time to optimize it, to know, and measuring it, measuring profitability and that sort of stuff, to know, is this a viable channel, both in terms of like the spin, the number of leads it's driving, are they qualified? And then also the brain space that's taking up for me, because I've basically got five jobs internally, right? So if like, it's a channel that's driving 100 visits a month, it's just not worth it right? Like it's not worth the budget. It's not worth the brain space. So we're going to cut it out. So anyways, I hope, I hope that helps out some people as they're thinking about like, how do we actually like test new channels and how do we give it enough time so we don't cut it out too soon, you know, to know if it's going to work or not. Six months is about right. No, I, I think it's super valuable. In fact, actually, um, for those of you who check the show notes of this podcast, uh, John wrote a great blog post, like all about this, where he breaks down his cadence. So we'll include a link to that for y'all to, to Thank check out. Thank you for reading it. <laughs> yeah, no. I love hearing was... people read the stuff I write. Yeah, no, I was I was checking out. I mean, it's like it, it's 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 fun to to talk about this stuff when you really like. I I was there's so much bull out there on these blog posts where it's like you know to to your point that you've written as well is like you know writing content that's you know all content does have to be for SEO and sometimes when you write content that's just for SEO it doesn't really resonate. It doesn't it doesn't actually solve the problem. And so I'm reading this article mm -hmm. and I and I was just like. Well, that that's a good idea. Oh, that makes sense. It's like it wasn't just BS that was obviously written for Google yeah. for the sake of bringing traffic and and but not actually like answering questions. So yeah, no, it was it was fantastic. Before we do move on, um, I did want to ask if like in terms of this kind of hiring process, um, yeah. obviously making a hire is a big decision, whether it's an agency or whether it's an in-house. Do you have any tips of like I know there was that whole bs red, red flag meme that went you know a couple of months ago on twitter but like are there any oh, right. red flags like or tips that you pay attention to as you are getting to the narrow part of the funnel in terms of identifying who is the right fit versus someone that you really should like you know cut off and chip out yeah yeah um i i think what i would say to that is um, I mean, the red fl red flags are going to be different based off of what the the scope of the role is, right? So if you're like, if you know that you need a senior person, right? You need like a, a strategist. 
Um, and you know, this person comes in and they're talking super tactically about like, oh yeah, we could have tried this thing. We could have tried that thing and this and that and the other. You're like, none of that's relevant to my business, right? Like they're not thinking strategically in that case, right? If you need a strategist and they're not thinking strategically, they're the wrong person. Um, so yeah, I, I think, and, and this is why I just say like ahead of time, you need to kind of decide like how much budget do we have? What's the scope of the role? What do we actually need them to do? What's important in the culture? That kind of thing. Cause then that basically gives you the checklist, um, you know, for the things that you're looking for. And if any of those is not there, they're the wrong fit, you know, for you, which is why you have to have that funnel wide enough, you know, like we're hiring, uh, you know, some content writers right now at Credo, um, you know, and we went from like, we got like 150 applicants and we took it down to like, I don't know, half where, you know, we like kind of took to the next level and sent them a survey. And then like, we got, you know, a, a, some of those to do like test paid test projects. Um, and I think we found one or two that might be a good fit. Right. But we started with like 150. So like you have to cast, cast that net wide enough there, but we also knew specifically what we were looking for and knew that like, for example, we need publish ready content because we don't have an editor internally and, you know, and I'm not going to like, you know, uh, project manage like blog content getting written, right? Like I will pay people to do that. Um, but I also, do, I also don't want to have to hire those people right now because I have other hires to make. Um, so we had that checklist already and that's made it very easy to say like, yes and no. So depending on the scope of the role that you put together, that will then bring up the red flags. Um, uh, yeah, for you. And you know, there, I don't know when hiring an agency specifically like red flags to look for, um, if it's, a. uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know because it, it just really depends on like what you're, what each person is comfortable with. You know, some people don't want to use overseas talent. Some people love overseas talent. Right. And so if an right. agency is like, yeah, there's three of us, you know, uh, in the U S but you know, we work, we have a, you know, a team of a hundred people in India. Some people might be great with that. Others is gonna be like, Nope, not a, not a fit for me. Neither is right or wrong. It just kind of depends on the individual like person and company's needs and the way that they work and the way their culture is. So, which is part of what makes hiring so hard because there aren't really these absolutes, honestly. Right. And, and that's why so often we do hired, the word of mouth, right? Yeah, exactly. But if you're looking to be hired, I will say a red flag is a company not knowing what they're looking to spend or what they should be spending. Right. Like here mm -hmm. in Colorado, for example, it is required that if you post a full-time role, you have to say how much you that what that salary range is. I love that. By law, you're legally required to do this. I just do it now. Like in our content marketer role, I said like this is how much we're expecting to pay like for the year because I don't want someone to go through the whole process. And then we say, you know, we're looking to spend whatever, let's say two grand a month. And they're like, oh, that, you know, we're, I'm looking for six. You know, it's like we've just wasted everybody's time. Yeah. I, I feel like it, it you know, it, it, that's a whole interesting, whole other conversation because it, it, it's interesting to think about the fear of putting the salaries out there. Like, mm. where does that stem from? And ultimately, I imagine it's from, well, if you have a range, you mm -hmm. know, and you're trying to be budget conscious, you don't want to mm -hmm. automatically go to the top of that range. But sure. like anything, it's like you you get what you pay for. If you right. pay below market rates, you're going to get below market quality of applicants. Totally. But I also see people, Garrett, to that point, I also see, uh, you know, people start talking to agencies and they don't know like kind of what to expect or they don't know what their budget is. Yeah. And I see, I've seen them get oversold and they're like, yeah. they, they, you know, they invest too much, which is very possible to do. It's possible to invest too much too soon. You need to invest enough, but it's also possible to invest too much. And they're like, we're going to invest this. You know, we were thinking too, but like, sure, let's go for eight, but we need to see results four times faster, right? I need results like next month and some channels just like SEO. 
no matter how much you throw at it, you're not going to see those results in, you know, in, uh, in, in that amount of time, right? Budget, uh, you know, outside of people and all that sort of thing. So yeah, the, like you have to kind of understand that first, which is why like in like the RFP process, for example, like most digital marketers do not like RFPs. I've come around to them. But, um, you know, there's like, there's levels of RFPs. There's an RFI, like just information about like what we could get. There's RFQs, which is literally pricing. And then there's RFPs because you're actually looking to get proposals and hire someone like those levels exist for a reason. Um, yeah. so like start those conversations, look at like our pricing guide, for example, like we have pricing, about like how much does it cost on average to hire a digital marketing agency to do SEO for you based in the United States? Your answer is right there, right? Like you don't have to go talk to agencies to understand like what that is. Then you go and you get the pricing for like, okay, we want to do all these things. What does that mean? Oh, it's outside of our budget. How do we get it back to within our budget? What do we have to cut out? Right. As I always tell agencies, reduce scope, not price. Don't just give people more for the, you know, don't get, don't charge people less for the same thing uh, that you're, you know, giving to somebody else for, you know, a higher amount. Like it's not, that's not good for anybody. The, the pricing thing with agencies is is so interesting. It's so tricky. I remember being yeah. on the SaaS side of things when I was working SaaS prior to this, and you would yeah. hear like how, you know, with SaaS pricing, you would only work where the pricing was explicit on the mm -hmm. website, right? Like yep. so many yep. people hated it. With agencies, I you know, working with a few agencies now and, and working at an agency, I understand a lot more how tricky it can be, especially when you're mm -hmm. bespoke, because yeah. every like need is is unless you're looking for like a just generalized program. Sure each need can get very complicated for, mm -hmm. to your point, like the scope can get really expansive or it can get right. very specific. Right, right, yep. Which is why, I, the way I think about that, Garrett, is yeah. I've had some long conversations with one of my coaches about this, is basically like, but there's also no reason why an agency can't break down to like, these are kind of the typical packages, right? Yeah. Like for, you know, if you're looking to spend 2,500, this is what we can do for you. Looking to spend 3,500, this is what we can do for you, right? Like this, this is what you would get for that amount of spend. But if you need these other things as well, those can basically be like bespoke add-ons because then yeah. it makes it easier for the agency to deliver it, right? Because it's like, all right, they're this level, right? But they also need these, you know, these other things, right? And then that allows you to still do the custom like quotes, but not everything is custom. And there's like the, the base that you can scale. Yeah, no, I think it's fair. I, I mean, I obviously I know how most of the agency eyes I, I interact with are. I'm curious your perspective. Do you think, because all, all agencies have their rate cards, do you think agencies yeah. should be more transparent parent with their pricing like on their website or do you think it makes sense that the current you know world is let's have the conversation first yeah i think uh i think it, it's good for agencies and, and once again it depends on where the uh where the prospect is in the sure. um in the funnel right are they look for information they're looking for a quote they're looking for a proposal um, and a lot of uh, agent, uh, agency salespeople, usually when it's founders, are they, they don't have that grid. They don't know how to think about that, right? They just send everybody a proposal, even if they're just looking for information. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of need to provide them that, you know, that those different levels um, and, and sort out where they are, where the prospect is in the funnel. Um, I do think agencies should be a bit more transparent or at least say like, hey, here's, the, here's about what we charge. Here's some examples. Um, here's what you can get for this amount. You know, if this is within your budget and this is what you're looking to do, here's what to expect. Let's have a conversation and, you know, put together the right fit for you, right? You can use it as a sales tool. You can use yeah. it as like a conversion tool, really.
I we dude, we've been all over and I could talk to you for for like hours about all this. We didn't even get to half our Seems we should down. do part 2. <laughs> I dude, I, I yes, I got to have you back at some point to talk more about this. I I I'd be remiss if I didn't briefly touch on one of the other key aspects of Credo, which is, you know, helping agencies find leads mm. and their mm. their generation strategies and one thing that we kind of talk, talk about um you help companies find marketing agencies yeah what what can agencies do to improve their lead gen strategies mm, yeah so a couple of things that agencies can do number one is make it super easy to contact you mm. i see a ton of agency websites that like they either like their contact us page is like call us at this phone number which is kind of weird because like people yeah. don't call anymore right um some do but like very very few do um so have a form, right? Like easy, super easy, like basic, have a form. Too many agencies don't have a form and then make sure that an email gets sent to you <laughs> when that form is filled out, right? Like set up a zap that like when your gravity form is filled out, you get a text message so you can take a look at it and get back to them quickly, right? So that's number one. Number two is respond to them quickly. Like don't take a week to get back to someone that's inquired about your services. If you do, Guess what? They contacted you and they contacted 10 others. If you've taken a week, they're already in conversations with eight others. They, they're probably not going to get back to you. And you're wondering why your close rates are low. So like be quick at getting back to them, automate that reply and push them to a phone call. Like it's not, it's not that hard. Um, and then the third one, man, is honestly like do a better job at, at, uh, at messaging who you're a good fit for. Right. Mm -hmm. So like we're a digital marketing agency. Don't, op don't be optimizing towards digital marketing agency, USA digital marketing agency, that sort of thing. Leave that to me and my directory competitors, honestly, because like we're the ones that should be ranking for that sort of stuff. You as an individual agency should not be ranking for that kind of thing. You should be focusing on like e-commerce SEO and SaaS SEO and like that sort of stuff. Say they're on your website. Like we work with SaaS and e-commerce companies that are doing over 7 million or they're doing, you know, over a million dollars a year in revenue and want to grow, you know, 200% in the next 18 months, right? Like get that specific. So when someone comes to you, they're not like, are we a good fit? Are we not? They can be like, yes, we're a great fit. This is who we need to talk to. You're speaking my language. You're like, that's ah, not us. So we're not going to come to you, right? Which is fine because they're not a fit for you anyways. Right. So right. those are, those are the common things that I see agencies get wrong um, when it comes to doing, you know, their own, their own lead generation, just like let people qualify themselves in and out before, you know, they even contact you. So you, so then you can spend less time qualifying them in and out. It's, I mean, it's a great suggestion because it's like you as an agency, maybe if you're just starting or even if you are starting to grow, you're, you're afraid that you're going to like disqualify too many people. It's, it's that counterintuitive thought process, but like the more specific you are, the more yeah. appealing you'll be to your ideal customer. And, mm -hmm. you know, there, there isn't, you can, yes, you can niche down too much, but I think yeah. it, it's like, if you, you got to niche down at least a little, you can't be everything to everybody. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Require more than a, you know, a name and an email address. <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah, John, I, I seriously, dude, we, we will have you back for like a future one. So for everyone who who's listening to this, um, if you're looking to work with an agency or if you're an agency yourself looking for more leads, definitely check out getcredo.com. Not only will I have the blog post that we refer to in terms of the cadence of hiring marketers, which is uh, key and, and doing, he's a, another one that we talked about, which is all about how you can focus on different marketing channels and the cadence of that. Um, there's also the pricing survey of how agencies and freelancers are currently pricing themselves, which we didn't even get uh, into, but that is a whole other massive, yep. uh, you know, kind of report that you put together. Yeah. John, if someone wants to find you online, 
just generally talk to you or, or hire you for consulting? What's, what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, Twitter is the best place to kind of follow me. Uh, Twitter.com slash Doherty, J-F, D-O-H-E-R-T-Y-J-F. Um, and my email is just john at getcreator.com. It's kind of the best place to get in touch with me. Personal website's johnfdoherty.com. I haven't really updated it in a while, but you can get in contact with me there too, I think. There's probably a <laughs> form, form on form there. That's, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Thank you I just, so much. I just don't do any that. SEO consulting anymore. Like all my consulting comes through Credo or Clarity FM, clarity.fm slash Doherty.jf. So those are the oh, nice. places to, to kind of book me. Awesome. Well, thank you again, man. I, re I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Garrett. I appreciate it, man. This is fun. This is fun. My name is Garrett Sussman with the Rankable Live podcast. Has been John Darty. Check out, uh, you know, any of our past episodes. We will be taking a break for the rest of 2021. You are, you are my last 2021 episode, sir. All and right. it was, it was awesome. It was high awesome. note or low note. High note or low note. Easily, <laughs> easily a high note. No, it's but when, when you say we need to have you back for another episode, I, I think it means things are going well and we talk forever. We'll we'll talk about you know Switzerland next time more sounds good thank you again everybody you have a great rest of your year we'll be back in 2022 we'll catch you then this is garrett signing off